so we have we have the media saying that they they fear for their lives now and i feel for them i know i've been there for several years um and nobody should feel that way not in america we have a can we play the audio of a c-span caller please they're talking about brian stelter and don lemon from cnn and here's what a, a caller says don state college pennsylvania supports the criticism in the media don you are on the air good morning morning uh, it all it all started when trump got elected brian stelter and don lemon from cnn called trump supporters all racist they don't even know us they don't even know these Americans out here, and they're calling us racist because we voted for Trump? Come on, give me a break. They started the war. I see him. I'm going to shoot him. Bye. Okay, good. So we have that. We have in Portland, Antifa taking ICE, a federal office, taking hostages. Nobody seems to even care in the media about that. They're not really covering that. We have the media complaining that they are under attack, and yet the right has been under attack and called all kinds of names for a very, very long time. And I think we're hitting a tipping point. Representative Jason Lewis is with us. He's a a congressman from uh, Minnesota. Uh, He has an op-ed about the violent political threats that are are beginning to spin out of control. Congressman, how are you? Glenn, good to be back on the program. Nice to speak with you. Too bad that it's not under uh, happier yeah. circumstances. But, uh, but I do think you're right. I think we're at an inflection point here, and we better get a hold of it, and soon. So what? tell me what you know is happening You know, with congressmen. Well, look, uh, well, we all know that the number of threats uh, reportable to the Capitol Police have skyrocketed. Uh, It started long ago. It's not just in the last week or month. It started literally at the inauguration. Um, A year ago this month, I had protesters on my front lawn. When we tried to do some town halls uh, a few weeks back, uh, we had threats. Uh, We got another threat uh, recently. Uh, Lee Zeldin, uh, David Kustoff driven off the road. Rand Paul attacked by a neighbor and now another threat to his family. And, of course, uh, the tragic shooting of our majority whip, Steve Scalise. So, look, I was in your business for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know what it's like being in the spotlight and and the calls you get and the crazies that come out against you. Nobody wishes that for anyone in the press, as you said. But when I hear people say, hey, we better tone it down or the administration better tone it down, someone might get hurt. Someone already has been hurt over a year ago, a shooting of the majority whip. And yet, not only not only that, I mean, let's not minimize that. That was that would have been if he would have been successful, if that gate wouldn't wouldn't have been locked, he might have killed a third of Congress. And that was a political assassination attempt. Yes, it was. That was based on ideology. We know that. And that is quite different than someone going off the deep end, as tragic as that might be. But what I, all I'm saying is, to your point, oh, goodness, somebody might get hurt if the president says this or that. Uh, and uh, agreed, I don't want any threats on the First Amendment. That's how you make your living. That's how I made my living. But someone already has been hurt, and there hasn't been enough reportage on that. 
So, so how do we, how do we change this, or what what has to happen? Well, you're you're left with the inconvenient truth that the reason there's been a double standard or a very you know heightened concern over one particular situation and a lack of reporting over the other is in fact ideology, is who's doing the targeting and who's being targeted, and that's tragic. But look, if you look at any tyrannical regime from Cuba to Venezuela, from the former Soviet Union to Red China, the first thing they do is try to silence people. That is the first thing they try to do. And I think it's somewhat ironic, Glenn, when you've got legitimate concerns over silencing the fourth estate, the the media. Oh, we can't have that. And yet, indeed, when your office is crashed, when people break security protocol, they crash your congressional office. When resistance or indivisible deliberately try to disrupt and hold the mic without giving it back in town halls, when they intimidate and they threaten now, they are trying to silence their opponents. They are trying to make certain that some speech should not ever be uttered, which is an assault on what you do, assault on what I did, and it's assault on the American experiment called the First Amendment. And that is very, very troubling. So does the, the, the... Should the president tone his rhetoric down? Look, would I do things the way the president does all the time? No, I wouldn't. But when he simply highlights media bias, I don't know what more when you've got cable news channels dedicated to bringing down an administration. I don't know what more evidence we need to see of media bias. Right. So I, I think well, there's a difference fairly, between media bias and the press is the enemy of the American people. I think there is. And I look, as I said, I want everyone to know that the First Amendment is sacrosanct and no one in the press should be threatened. No one in Congress should be threatened either. No supporters of a particular political candidate should be threatened either. And certainly these attacks, which have escalated from the left, whether it's Antifa, whether it's Occupy Wall Street, whether it's the actual shooting of the majority whip, whether it's the myriad of Diane Black, you're not going to find a more sincere, more thoughtful, deliberate person than Representative Black. She was the chairman, chairwoman of the budget committee in which I serve. She's now running in, ten, in Tennessee for statewide office. Um, they, had to, they had to arrest a fellow, grand jury indictment, who threatened her and her family. This, and people say, well, it cuts both ways. And to a degree it does. But if indeed you look at the last year and a half, the last 500 days, it predominantly it's coming from one side of the ideological spectrum that, quite frankly, has become unhinged. And that's where the danger lies. A year ago, my neighbor calls me, Glenn, and says, hey, um, I just got a call from my daughter. They're a little bit upset. You've got a bunch of people on your front lawn screaming and yelling, and they were frightened. So they called my, my neighbor. Uh, he called the police. I had to come out back to my house. I'm in cruising the district. I had to come out back to my house and and see what was going on in my front lawn, on my porch. They don't think the rules apply to them because their cause is so righteous. And I'll tell you something else, and this is where it really gets troubling. It's not enough to say, I disagree with your policy. It's not enough to say, look, we have policy differences. I think you're taking the wrong approach. They They have to challenge your goodness. You're not just wrong, you're bad. You have malice in your heart. And therefore, if you're bad and you have malice and you're an evil person because you don't agree with me, why, you know, I can't be responsible for what others might do. So, again, I come back to uh, Jason. I think we all know this. 
um, to some degree. Um, but I don't know if anybody knows what to do uh, because, uh, you know, we're kind of in this place as an alcoholic. I understand this urge to change the media, but as an alcoholic, I also understand there's nothing I can do to change the media. I just can't let this change me. What should we be doing? Is there a way to reach the media? I've tried. I I don't think they, I mean, they're not willing to listen. No, no, they are not. But, but the, the dirty little secret is free speech cuts both ways. So the media have the right. If, you know, the Amazon owner wants to use the Washington Post to try to bring down President Trump, he's free to do that. It's mm-hmm. a free country. Yep. We believe it. But guess what? The president has the right to say, hey, the Amazon owner is using the Washington Post to bring down my administration. Mm-hmm. And this is where everybody thinks, seems to think that free speech only applies to them. And it applies to the other side. So when, when I hear the, the hand-wringing about, well, the administration is actually fighting back against media bias, I, you know, I think to myself, well, A, there have been a lot of Republicans over the last few decades that have been waiting for someone to do that. Oh, yeah. Maybe not, it, maybe not precisely in these terms, but waiting for somebody to push back on a, a palpable bias in the press. And two, he has the right to say what he says, just as you have the right to say what you say. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's effective, and that's why people are supportive, because no one has been effective against the press. No one has ever made them uh, squirm. Nobody's ever held them accountable and been able to walk away from that fight. And he's he's done it. And so I think there's a lot of Americans that are just like, look, man, I wouldn't have done it that way, but somebody's got to do something. And that's where well, you... They seem in, no, that's right. And they seem insistent on validating him. So yes. every time yes. he, he tweets something, then yes. the, you know when they go off the deep end, he, he can just turn around and say, see, he told you so. Um, and and let's, let's be honest here, too. If you are a, a politician... There's a difference between a politician and a pundit. I have learned that firsthand. Um, A a politician um, is supposed to be, shall we say, um, have an affinity towards an ideology, a a bias if you want. The press is supposed to be above that. So a politician can behave as a hack, as a biased individual, as a a cheerleader for his or her party. The journalist is supposed to say, yes, I know they behave that way, but we're above that. So if the president or anybody else levels a charge against the press, they're not supposed to take the bait if you're a are, good journalist. Are you concerned to rise above it? Are you concerned at all by I mean let me use the extreme. We were talking today about uh how Alex Jones is being removed from uh he's not he's still on YouTube, isn't he? Still on YouTube for the moment, yeah. yeah but Stitcher, Facebook, Facebook. YouTube. I mean, sorry, iTunes. iTunes and recent, just in recent moments here, Spotify as well. Okay, so the, I, I, I find him despicable. I find his opinions uh, despicable, uh, unfounded, uh, and grotesque. However, I don't like the idea of silencing people. That only makes things worse. How many... No, of course it does. And, and how many times or how many years did someone as old as you and me, and I'm a little older than you probably, it seems as, they, it seems as though I'm a little older than everyone. <laughs> but, but how many times did we watch Alan Dershowitz defend the most odious rights to free speech over our lifetime? Yep. Hundreds time of times. And time 
again. And where yeah. is that now? I don't know. It's Voltaire redux. I mean, you know, I will defend your right to say it, even though I disagree with it. That seems to be a lost art. I mean, and now we get word that that Twitter's uh, um, movement towards silencing bots is actually shadow banning a bunch of conservatives. Yes. I'm, so, I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here, uh, Congressman. I have from my my own collection of books, the Anarchist Cookbook. This is something that tells you how to make poison gas, how to make TNT, how to kill people, how to torture people, how to, uh, you know, cause all kinds of disruption. It was printed in 1972. It has gone over and over and over again through the courts. You have a right to print it. The author even wanted it to stop being printed, but he didn't own the rights to it anymore. So it it is still out on the market. That is freedom of speech. That is a country that I'm proud to live in that says, I hate this book and I hate the fact that somebody put it out, but I, I so appreciate the fact that something this offensive can be printed here. We're not that country soon. No, you're right. And, and that's what I said in the op-ed. Those of us old enough to remember the 60s understand that we're getting close, close to that phenomenon but the difference is there was the free speech berkeley crowd in the 60s yes the left has morphed into a much more tyrannical movement in the 1960s when you had the democratic convention and you had the watts riots and you had all of that people didn't like it but they said these people especially people on the left have the right to free speech it was the free speech movement coming out of the bay area now that is gone if you are not on the right side of the spectrum you don't have the right to – they are saying this, Glenn. I know, I know. Publicly, I know. they're saying, look, if you hold these views, you don't that, – having that view, having that speech is harm, and we're not going to let you say it. Talking to Congressman Jason Lewis. Jason, before we let, let you go, uh, you're running for re-election. How's that looking for you? You know, Minnesota, too, is sort of the microcosm of the country. The president won my district by one point. I was so darn popular, I doubled his margin. Wow. Uh, wow. Congratulations. Actually, 1.7. So, so as Minnesota 2 goes, the country goes. It's a majority maker seat. And if we don't, I, I firmly believe, uh, fellas, that if we don't keep Minnesota 2, uh, we will lose the House. And if we lose the House, yeah. uh, we will go backward in a way that uh, yeah, will we're, be dramatic. Yeah, we're going, uh, yes, big time. Big time, especially now with the love of Democratic Socialist. Uh, and uh, and the fervor to impeach. Uh, it, where can well, people get involved with your uh, with your campaign? Thank you. They can go to Jason Four M N. That's Jason for Minnesota abbreviation. Just Jason Four F O R M N dot com and get involved. And the D Triple C has targeted us as one of the top, I believe, top five or maybe top two. Um, it's just a tough race. And naturally, for you know those Democrats out there that hate money and politics, my opponent is uh, taking in millions. <laughs> <laughs> Congressman, thank you so much. Thank you, gang. <laughs> you bet.